This is the Abundant in Love podcast, helping you discover or reconnect intimacy and sexuality in your life and relationships. This isn't about sex or being sexy. It's about building connection and providing you with the insight needed to restore trust and love in yourself. You got to believe you deserve it. Then you just got to ask for it. Now, please welcome your host, Barbara Bartosh. All right. Hello, lovelies, and welcome to another episode of the Abundant in Love podcast. I'm calling this the Rona episode because it is Saturday, March 28th, 2020, and we are amidst a global pandemic. So uh, I thought I would be remiss to not talk about it because we're all experiencing it, no matter what demographic or socioeconomic area we're in, or even any part of the world, really, unless it's incredibly reclusive. So uh, a lot has happened, and um, a lot of us in our, are in our homes, or at least we should be. I'm, uh, my kids are with their dad, but I think I'm going to see them tomorrow, so I'm pretty excited about that. I am working from home. I am blessed to have a job where the firm sprang into action and and made it all possible for us to work remote. And I understand not everybody's in that same situation. Um, So it's just me and the cats and I'm making brownies and I will get up to do the brownies, even though I'm doing a podcast and uh, no makeup. I've got to save my makeup for uh, something really, really special. And I guess this isn't that. Um, So the virus, you should stay home if you can. I understand not everybody can, but come on. If you can, please stay home. A guy posted something, a picture of a parking lot full, I mean, just to the brim at Lowe's because everyone's like, hey, it's nice weather. We're going to garden and start building stuff. But, you know, a bunch of people sardined in a store. I mean, come on. Just stay home if you can. I know it's hard. I'm one of the most extroverted people in the world, and this is killing me. Um, I got drunk two nights ago and cried an obscene amount of times. I uh, then I had a great day, a great time last night, and it's just kind of this weird little roller coaster. And since I don't have my kids to be responsible for it's a little bit easier to self-sabotage. So I don't want to be here either. I think I'm at a week and a half to two weeks. I don't even know. At the, I think a week and a half. So I know it's hard, and I know you don't want to do it, but um, what's the alternative? I mean, really, and, and whether you agree this is very serious or not, maybe it's not serious for you, but it's serious for other people, um, people that are more susceptible. So have a little respect, you know? Um, and, and whether you agree that it was all those theories, man-made or bio-warfare or whatever you believe, it's still happening. Something's happening and people are being, people are getting sick. So stay home if you can. Anyway, that was my little soapbox. I don't think anybody who's ever listened to my podcast has heard me really be on a soapbox. So there you go. Um, So this episode is about, you know, I talk about feelings and vulnerability, and I did an interesting experiment the other day on my Facebook page, just my personal one, 
and I kind of did a shout out to the single people. And my one of my single friends and I already talked about this. Uh, I just said something like, how are all my single friends doing? Because, you know, we're looking at these Facebook posts, which is great, by the way. It really is that we're seeing families come together and people connect and spend a little more time with each other and um, having to come up with innovative ways to connect, which is amazing. But I was thinking if, if I'm feeling a little jealous and a little sad and a little lacking, are other single people. So I put a shout out and almost everyone was like, yeah, I'm fine. And I'm like, well, then I must be crazy. Um, and then I talked to one of my single friends, one of the ones that said they were fine. And she was like, well, I'm not, but she doesn't like to be vulnerable. So I, I, I kind of looked dumb, but I know I'm not alone. And, um, you know, and then a, another friend, I felt like she made my loneliness like it was an issue. And it's like, it doesn't have to be, loneliness isn't necessarily, can always be tracked to an issue or like a codependency. Sometimes people are just lonely for the sake of being lonely. And I'm not going to apologize for that. So that's what I'm dealing with on my end, you know, on my, and I'm plenty busy. We're in tax season, even though the deadline's changed, we're still hitting it hard. So it's not for lack of work. It's not for lack of creativity. I'm writing a book and um, it's not for lack of anything. The loneliness is there just because I'm in a house with three cats and the cats are wondering why the hell I'm here. They're wondering when I'm going to leave and they're getting really sick of me. So that's it. So that's the loneliness. It doesn't have to be some deep-seated issue. Um, so, you know, my big thing is how do you curb that loneliness? And how do you, you know, I've never been a jealous person. I've been a lot of things, but one thing I've always been happy about is I'm not terribly jealous. Well, I'm finding myself looking at all of my friends and they'll make comments, you know. I, uh, we went for a walk or we sat and watched a movie or the whole family just had dinner or we did this craft and I'm just sitting here feeling feelings that I'm not very familiar with, which is jealousy, and I'm not proud of that. So I'm dealing with that, and I'm curious what issues you guys are dealing with. Um, you know, isolation, even when you're, you know, and that's the interesting thing, even people that are home find themselves home for one of the first times for a long period. Um, they could be dealing with going crazy because they're around all these people they're normally not around. And um, so I understand that too. And... Uh, Something else they're dealing with is I think it's possible to feel isolated even amongst people. So I'm, I'm not wanting to um, uh, minimize that. I, I get that you could be in a room full of people and still feel isolated because you're not able to do your routines and, and go to the places you're used to going. Um, so I get that. Um, so I have started something for kids and adolescents, you know, and teens, and it's called hashtag isolated kids. And you can find me on YouTube and Instagram. And, um, that's one of the things I'm doing. But what I was thinking is I was going through Facebook at the very beginning of this, and I was watching people post, you know, the things that they were trying to do to keep their kids busy and happy and engaged. And everybody's being so innovative and it's inspiring. And I think it's really neat. 
Um, but something that dawned on me is that there are some kids in this world going through this isolation. That's my beat for my brownies, which I will get up and go get. Um, so these people, these kids are dealing in isolation, but they don't have those parents that are trying to be creative and help their kids with the pressure of this and the weight of it and understanding it and keeping them busy and, and occupied. And they're actually children that before this virus came were in toxic or abusive um, or neglectful homes. And that didn't change when the virus hit. And for whatever reason, it's happening to them in their homes. And now, instead of a reprieve, which would be school or um, going to friends' houses, which is something I did when I was younger, you know, I was abused. And to get away, I always had school and I always had friends. And I thought, what would have happened if that would have been taken away? There's my brownies. Give me one second. I'm back. I'm the only person I know who would do a podcast in the middle of making brownies. So anyway, um, I was thinking what I would have done if that had happened and I was isolated with my family um, and with the um, abuser. And there was no reprieve and almost, in a sense, uh, no end in sight. And I started to think that, you know, I can't help these kids in the sense of I can't protect them and I can't make it right and I can't make it better, but I can at least be a voice of encouragement, light, reason, and whatever it is that I would have liked to hear and see when I was a young girl going through abuse because my fear is and I know people, this is cringeworthy and nobody wants to talk about this kind of stuff. But my fear is when an aggressor, an abuser, an unhealthy person, an adult, when they are bored or they are stressed, well, you go to the thing which you struggle with. So my idea was, what do these men and women, these aggressors look like when they have nothing to lose because they feel like they've lost everything and now they're in the house with the kids that they mess with, basically. And I know it's cringeworthy and I'm sorry. But anyway, that's why I did hashtag isolated kids. So I don't know if you know a kid like that. It's definitely, I don't think it's for kids that don't understand that road. Um, I mean, I do lighthearted things like we're reading The Giver right now. Um, but I also talk about the situation they find themselves in in ways of coping. And if anybody's willing to reach out to these kids and help them say prayers for them, whatever, please let me know. So anyway, it's hashtag isolated kids on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and even TikTok, although TikTok is weird. So that's one of the things that I can do from here while I'm still working overtime. Um, and, it, you know, it's not monetary, but it's a little niche area that 
I know is needed. And so if you guys are praying people, which I don't know if Deborah's still on here, but I saw her name earlier. She's a praying person. Pray for the kids that are having to be home in isolation and, and, and with their abusers and aggressors. And I'm not just talking about um, physical and sexual abuse. It's also the mental abuse. Um, you know, the people that are have never been good at controlling their anger, my fear is they're really bad at it now because all of us are being tested. So, I mean, I miss my kids so much. I haven't seen them for seven days and they're about to come home. And I know like two hours into them being home, I'm going to be riding my friend Katrina telling her they're driving me crazy. So anyway, it's just very high pressure and a lot of weight on everybody. And I have those kids in my heart. So, and if you have any ideas on how to help them, please message me. I will listen to any suggestions. Um, so back to being isolated and my little soapbox, you know, I already did the soapbox of staying home. And then I talked about a little bit of jealousy of seeing friends um, living this out with other people. Although that's got to have its own craziness too. I've got a friend that's got, I think, I think there's like nine kids or something. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh my goodness. Um so really, I'm thinking right now, what are ways we can not self-sabotage during this? As I said, um, I don't care if it wounds me to say this to everybody. Two nights ago, I got drunk, not tipsy, and just cried an obscene amount, and it was just ridiculous. And I'm trying not to be ashamed of that or mad at myself because I think we all I think it's okay for us to break down and have our moments of uncertainty um, if we're not doing that in front of our kids and freaking them out and compromising them, which I wasn't. Um, you know, we really need to acknowledge how we feel. And I think, you know, it's a fine line. You know, some people, they acknowledge it, they lean into it, and then they just kind of throw themselves on these feelings and they can't remove themselves from them and pick themselves back up. But I think it's okay to acknowledge it and lean into it and then try to come up with a proactive approach. And the nice thing about technology is all of the resources out there. We have um, telemedicine where not every single provider is going to do therapy over a Zoom or something, but I think almost all of them have been catapulted at least into doing it now. So if you need to talk to somebody that is unbiased and out of your home, please look into your insurance plan or self-pay for talking to a therapist for 50 minutes to an hour once a week. That could help immensely. It also helps the economy because the therapists are still working. So it's kind of a win-win. Um, Hotlines are still open and available, so remember that. And there are even church hotlines. I think Life Church has a hotline and a prayer group and all sorts of things. So uh, don't don't be stoic during this. This is unprecedented. We don't deal with this. We haven't dealt with this. We don't know what to do and we've never done it before. So there's no reason to act stoic about this. None of us know what we're doing. Um, 
So, you know, my big thing is as long as we can go outside, even if it's just in our backyards at this point, because I know all states are kind of working differently, I would encourage you to do that. Um, I know not everybody's outdoorsy, but I think everybody might get there real quick. I'm pretty outdoorsy, so um, I'm outside as, as often as I can be. I'm even um, doing work on my porch uh, during the day just to get myself out in, in, in the sun. So, of course, with technology, we also have all those resources, um, you know, via Google. Um, this self-development, this self-help, um, even meditation, yoga, all of those things are available to you online, and it's all free. Um, and of course, audiobooks, those books you've always wanted to get through. And of course, like I've talked about, the reconnecting with yourself and with family. And there was a lady um, who posted something that I really, I really appreciated because she said, you know, you don't have to use this time to write that novel and do that amazing thing and build this incredible thing. If all you're needing to do right now is rest, don't feel guilty about that. And uh, I second that. So, um, you know, I've been spending quite a bit of time in the hammock outside because it makes me happy. Um, so I don't have huge words of wisdom. I do know that I announced just three weeks ago, maybe, that this was a Christian podcast, meaning um, I wasn't going to not mention my beliefs um, but I was still going to respect other people's models of the world, and I believe I can do that. Um, but you, you're going to hear a lot of different ideas from people that are religious, spiritual, non-religious, non-spiritual, um, and maybe that's what some of this time can be used for. What do you think? What do you believe? How do you feel about things? Is it quiet enough now that you can hear something, hear what you've been thinking and needing? Um, hearing, being able to hear finally things that have been inside of you that you've ignored or just been too busy or it's just been too noisy to get through to you. This is finally the time to listen to those things. And, you know, I know, you know, some people are, oh my goodness, it just goes on and on. You know, it's the rapture or it's the beginning or um, it's God giving up on us. It's Mother Nature punishing us. Um, there's all sorts of reasons that people are putting out there. And then everyone's getting mad at the other for not agreeing. Um, I will say this, that I believe as long as we are here, no matter what is happening, I choose faith over fear. And that doesn't mean I choose negligence and it doesn't mean, or ignorance. It just means that I am content with the choices I have made lately and with my relationship with whom I believe is the creator and I'm just choosing to be a light and to love during all of this, no matter what. So maybe you could take time to decide who you are and what you believe 
and what it is you want to do with this time. And when things get better, because I believe that they will, how will you reset your life? And that's my biggest thing. You know, it's funny, and, and I've just said, I self-sabotaged two nights ago, and I can't promise I'm not going to again. But I have every intention of using this time to reset myself as much as humanly possible and to love people and serve people and to develop that relationship with God that I've already been building and fostering. And I want to make that stronger. So if anybody wants to talk, I won't proselytize to you, but I will tell you what I believe and how I feel. I mean, I'm already doing it pretty much. But if you want to take it personal and message me, I have time when I'm not working and the kids are away. I have time to talk to you or listen to you. I'm willing to do that. Um, but um, so I'm going to wish you farewell. I This was not as... Um, long of an episode as the others, but I don't want to beat a dead horse. That's a terrible phrase. Uh, and I don't want to bore you, and I don't want to be repetitive, but I believe it's going to get better, and I believe how we come out of this, how we reset, how we grow and expand, I think it's all up to us individually. And it's harder said than done because of the noise in our heads and the fear and the self-sabotage um, and the circumstances. I know that some people lost jobs and I would encourage you that this is the time to be vulnerable and ask for help. I'm not very good at asking for help. I'm really good at being vulnerable and talking about my feelings, but I'm terrible at asking for help. Um, so ask for help if you need it, whatever that looks like, because around the nation, we're at different stages of this. And if somebody needs to get something to you because you're at a stricter or more lockdown stage, then I think there are people in this world that would be glad to do that. And I wanted to tell you really quick, um, there's this thing called drawing. It's on Facebook. And my friend, Diana and Paula, have got it going. I'm looking it up right now, so just be patient. I'm not going to edit this out. Not that I don't have time, but this is real life. So, okay, it's called, it's on Facebook, and it is literally called Drawing and More Group. And it's got 51 members, and what it is, it's so awesome. Um, these two ladies have gotten together because they've got their kids and grandkids with them locked in a house. And um, they are doing virtual drawing, and sometimes it's classes, sometimes it's togetherness, and they're finding all sorts of people to go on there and do lives, and they're actually teaching art and drawing. So it's more than drawing at this stage. Um, they did cool stained glass stuff, they did chalk stuff, and it's all these people getting together, which is one of the neat things about the humanity that is happening and occurring right now because of this. And um, so it's called Drawing and More Group. So you could go on there. They're safe ladies. They're super nice. And they're getting very creative. And more people are helping out and, and teaching courses. And um, you don't have to be a Picasso. Of course, he was crazy. So don't be a Picasso. I hope your kids aren't a Picasso. Uh, 
but they could have fun. And it's just something to break up the day and build a connection that is live. It may not be touching, but it's live. So check that out. It's on Facebook, Drawing and More Group. Um, I don't get paid for it. They're just my girlfriends. Um, and then the hashtag Isolated Kids, that is simply a ministry that is personal to me. And I'm just using the podcast to get the word out. And um, I don't need money for that either because it's all like this and this is free. So I hope that when I talk to you next Tuesday or Monday, that this is on the mend and it is diminishing at rapid levels and that some of us are going to start going back to work and that the numbers are not going to climb and that people are going to stay the hell out of lows. <laughs> and I will have not drank and, and cried an obscene amount and none of us are going to self-sabotage. And um, I said I was going to talk about dating on this, but I guess I'm not. Um, it's just the online dating. I thought it would create more substance in people. No, it hasn't at all. There's still trolls and it, it's disappointing. I really thought this is going to wake people up and people are going to think about what's important in life and what they really want in a mate and how they want to live the rest of their life. No, they're still looking for booty calls and it's crazy. So I'll talk about that next time. Um, hopefully next time you are commuting to work while you're listening to this. So you guys be safe, stay home, don't go crazy. And um, I'll see you next week. God bless you. That's all for this episode of the Abundant in Love podcast. Be sure to like it if you love it by subscribing to the show and engaging with us on social media at Abundant in Love podcast on Facebook and Instagram or visiting our website at AbundantInLove.com. Remember, you got to believe you deserve it. Then you just got to ask for it right here on the Abundant in Love podcast. 